Hey, my name is Yolanda and welcome to Frank Factualities, the podcast. Tune in each week as I speak frankly about life experiences from my perspective and offer you a bit of unsolicited advice. Let's take a little time to laugh, to think, and to cry as we tackle some serious topics and some not so serious topics. Be sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Welcome to Frank Factualities, the podcast. My name is Yolanda, your host. Thank you for tuning in to my show. And for another week, uh, for a brand new episode, I truly, truly appreciate it. <sighs> How am I doing? Mm, I got to be honest with you guys. I am not doing well at all. I actually don't have any street talk for you all today. It is Yolanda talk because it's all about what's been going on with me. I am at least from last night and today, just been in this funk. And of course, I'm going to tell you all why. So, you know, Biden had all of this like student loan stuff and okay, um, you know, we're going to forgive these loans, blah, 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 blah. And of course, you know, we have these um, loan forgiveness programs for teachers and public service workers. Well, I'm a school counselor, which means that I don't qualify for teacher forgiveness because I'm not a teacher. So I have to do the public service Uh, forgiveness. However, I had my loans a very long time. And because I was a single parent, I always qualify for loan forgiveness, um, not loan forgiveness. I'm sorry. I always qualified for forbearances and um, was just able to get my loans deferred for the longest. So I said all that to say I've never actually uh, made a payment on any of my loans at all. So with this Biden thing, I was like, okay, that's cool. But then everybody at my school was applying for the public service one and getting it. So I was like, you know what? I didn't think I qualified because the last time I read it said that you had to pay back a certain percentage of your loans in order to get the rest of it forgiven. And But then some people were telling me that they never made a payment and they were getting approved for it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So when I did my application for the loan forgiveness um, my loans are with this company called Nailnet. And so they said, okay, well, you don't, you can't apply under Nailnet. You have to um, have your loans under the United States Department of Education's company, which is Mohela, Mohila, whatever, uh, however you pronounce it. And so I had to then get my loans moved to them. So part of that process of applying meant that the loans will be taken over by this new company. So I said, okay, fine. If that's what I have to do, then that's just what I have to do. So I went through the process only to then just get denied. So I got denied gut-wrenching because everybody else was getting approved and they were bragging about how their credit scores went up. And I already had a great score. So I was just like, well, if it goes up anymore, it's like, woo, I'm doing major things. So um, that happened. And then Biden comes out and says, well, Biden didn't. But, you know, the courts kind of shut that down about the loan forgiveness. So I was it was disheartening to hear that. But I said, okay. This whole like um, loans on deferment right now because of the Biden decision is going to be over in like October. So I know that I'm going to have to pay. I don't think I'm going to get any more uh, of a deferment for any of these loans. So I applied for the income based uh, payment plan. So in order for me to do and I did this because, again, I have this plan, you know, I'm trying to do some things in my life. And all of this is a part of just kind of cleaning up some things and paying some debt off things that we all plan to do when we want to make major purchases or do some things. So I apply for the income based. Okay, no, no big deal. You know, I'm waiting on that still. Um, 
So that was great news. It looks like Biden still has um, that program, but just under, okay, you got to pay a little bit first. And if you pay a little bit, then we'll forgive the rest. So that's what it looks like is going to happen with this. But again, just going to have to wait and see. Um, so something me and one of my homegirls were talking recently about, uh, or credit scores. Cause we were talking about like home buying process and just all of these like grown people talk, right? Like home repairs and stuff like that. So we got on credit and I was just telling her what my score was. And she was like, girl, you should say it with your chest because that's major. And I was like, I know, right. It's pretty good. So something just said yesterday, just check my credit. Y'all, why did my score drop like 60 something points? So this just recently happened to like in July. So I said, what did I do in July? I didn't do anything. Did somebody steal my identity? Like, oh my gosh, I'm going through my report, checking to see if there's anything major on it. I can't find nothing. I mean, I'm searching, I'm searching. And then I see this Mohila, Mohela, whatever the company's called, that they just reported the loans in, uh, in July of 2023. But mind you, my loans are already on my credit. It's not like the loans didn't exist. You can't get rid of credit loans unless you pay them off. Now, when they're deferred or in forbearance, they're in good standing, but they're still out there. They they still show it. So that's part of my like debt to income ratio, how they consider that, like how much debt do you have? The loans were already always calculated into that. My credit score was still good. But now that I had to apply for this um program and these loans had to be taken over by another company it it presents on my credit as if I just took these loans out and they just reported it and it dropped the scores down I mean my score down now I don't know that much about how credit works and whether or not that is even possible what I can tell you was that I disputed it because I just thought that even if it's not I mean it's if it's legal and that is what they're supposed to do I feel like it's unfair because it's not a new loan and you guys have already accounted for that amount of loan or, or debt that I have like that's already in the system. That's not nothing new. It just got labeled with a new uh, company. Now I get it. I know that companies, for example, if I owe the phone company, I never paid my bill and seven years go by and technically that debt's supposed to come off. What companies will do is sell that debt to a new company. And now that new company gets to do it, but that's not the case. It's not like these loans were going to disappear. They're not, they're always there. So you don't just get rid of them. So again, I don't understand why that happened, but I will say that, um, it really did have me in a funk so much so that when I went to work, people were like, are you okay? Um, and it's deeper than just, okay, you, um, your credit score dropped. It's deeper than that. I felt like everything that I had been planning for, all of the steps and preparation that I've been making to plan out my life for the next 10 years um, or the next five years even is going down the drain and all of the, you know, that gives me hope. Like I feel like in life, everybody has to have these goals and these aspirations because that's what kind of keeps us going. So when you, and sometimes that's not a thing, uh, to work towards that could be your children, you know, that could be your parents that you want them to see you succeed, but it's always something that kind of motivates you and keeps you going. And for me, it was, this plan that I had in my head and how I was going to pay off my debt and the things that I was going to do and how I was going to set myself up for my life after like my son graduates. Cause that's, that was my plan. He's a high school now. So I'm like, okay, he'll get out in four years. These are the things I want to do in these next four years so that when he gets out, these are the things that I have set. And I just felt like somebody snatched my soul when I saw that credit report, because what I want to do I'm going to need my credit. I'm going to need a plan. I'm just going to need all of those things. And it was just really hurtful to just think that the way our life and society is is set up, that something that's outside of your control can really affect you. And um, it really messed with my day. And I think that also what was stressful for me 
was that I feel like sometimes I don't get to be sad. You know, I don't like if I'm expressing how I feel and I'm in a moment of depression and because everybody's depression looks different that people just be like, you know, hey, it could be worse or, you know, uh, comparing what your stresses you're going through with cancers or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, like I tell my students, like no one's trauma or stress is greater or lesser than the other because everybody's life wasn't created and uh, set up equally. So of course, no one wants to be ill, but that's not fair to compare what somebody's dealing with in their life to say that because it's not sickness, then you can't be stressed or worried about it. That's just not fair. I think that we should allow people grace whenever they're dealing with stuff because you just don't know how it affects you. And, and for me, I feel like because I have gone through so much in my life, um, I don't feel like people allow me grace to be sad. It's like, what are you sad for? You know, yes, I've been strong, but strong people get tired. It's not like we lose our strength. We just get tired. It's almost like someone told you that you had to get run six miles in order to get to your destination. And that's the, the six miles you had in your head. And you ran those six miles, the whole six miles you ran. And when you got to your the six mile marker, someone said, oh, you know what? That was a typo. It's actually 16 miles that you needed to run. So you got 10 more to go. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go the extra 10 miles. But what it means is instead of me running them, I'm probably about to walk them because I'm tired. I didn't lose the fight. I just lost the energy. You know what I'm saying? I still got the strength. I'm just tired. The energy isn't there to proceed as I used to. So I just sometimes want grace, you know, I want grace to be able to go through the things that I, I, I go through. And as we learn in just life and when we deal with therapy and all, people got to have their own sense of happiness and sense of goals and motivation that they have. It's not that all married people are happy or people be happy because you got a job and some people don't have a job. Um we're all going to be sad and upset about our own different things. And it's not up to anybody else to tell us that we can't be, we shouldn't be, and what level of emotion we should have about something. And not that uh, I didn't have solutions or something that I was going to work on. Of course, I disputed it. But because I don't know enough to be able to know whether or not that's going to even amount to something, that's still the worry and the anxiety is there. So again, I'm going to run these extra 10 miles, but that don't mean I ain't going to need some water. I'm not going to, I mean, not run them, I'm going to walk them. And that I may not even need some support. Uh, through that process. So yeah, I will. I'm going to need all of that. And I just, I want you all to think about that when you're going through something. I When you get knocked down and you know that you have extra miles to go, don't think that you can't get through it. I know that you will, but allow yourself that time to, to grieve it to grieve the loss of whatever it was and you know know it grieving it doesn't always mean that that's a person that you lost you're grieving the loss of the goal that you had set the idea that was in front of you the thing that you wanted to do that you recognize that you just may not be able to do anymore and that and it just means that you have to have a new plan a new process um and I know that but I'm older so where I had all of this life and this energy and this drive to just keep going because I knew that it was going to get better when I was younger and I was dealing with it. Guys, I've dealt with a lot and, I, and I've shared some of those things with you all. Um, and as I said before, out of all of the trauma that I've dealt with, I think homelessness was probably the worst one. And I've dealt with that several times and it was a hard thing to overcome. And I don't ever want to go back to that place. And I don't want anybody else to, around me to ever deal with that. But because I overcame that, when I get another issue or problem in my life, it just reminds me of some of the shortcomings and the the issues that I've had in my past. And I just don't ever want to be back to that place. And I know that that's a 
pretty far fetched. You know, people will say, well, you know, you'll probably never get to that place. But that is my fear. And that's what I dream of. And those are my worries is that I don't want to be there. So what can I do to make sure that I get myself to the next step? Because I don't want to be back in this place again. And I, I probably won't. But that's a fear that I deal with constantly. And so when something like this happens, it's a trigger for me. And healing is not is never completed. It's a work in progress. So I'm I'm working and I'm going to have triggers and I'm going to I'm going to fall short. I just, you know, need support sometimes from people around me and just time to just be left alone if that's what I want. And we got to do that for each other. So if somebody's going through something and that actually happened today, I was sad, but I saw one of my coworkers were even they were even more sad than I was. And I asked what was wrong and I said I didn't want to talk about it and I left it alone because I understood. So frankly, the fact of the matter is you're going to always have your ups and downs and hurdles that you have to overcome. We all will. But how are you going to overcome them and know that you still got to take the next step forward? So, yeah, you get a day. I had my day. That was today. But I got to move forward tomorrow and I got to have a plan and I got to put the steps together and I got to come up with a new dream and a new game plan because you don't get to give up. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to live to fight another day, but that wouldn't be me if I didn't come on here and share to you guys what my my shortcomings were. And I was tripping when I said I was going to talk about this because I said, you know, in my intro to the podcast, I say, let's take a little time to laugh, to think, to cry. And I'm like, we've never cried. I've never cried on the show, but I knew that talking about this tonight was going to make me emotional. And I'm sorry if I cried on here, but hey, I'm human. We all are. And I'm okay with, with, with sharing that emotion because I needed to let it out. And the reason I wanted this podcast was to be able to share my experiences with other people so that it helps them to deal with it because I am transparent and I am a person that I don't have any secrets and I don't have anything that I feel like is super embarrassing that I can't share with people because, oh, people are going to judge. No, people are going to always judge, but there's nothing that I have done or will do that other people haven't gone through or will go through. So I will always share what I'm going through. And I hope that by me sharing what I'm dealing with and walking you guys through my process and how I handled that will help you in turn one day be better, be different. So I ain't gonna hold y'all too long on this. Um, I really just wanted to talk about what I was dealing with and hope that, like I said, it encourages you all to keep going with whatever it is that you started. So those times that I was talking about when I had the the I was at the point in my life where I was homeless, I knew that obviously the goal was always to get another place. And that's what I would do. I would get another place. Uh, I sometimes had to start from zero where I didn't have furniture and I would just be with an air mattress or I'd get a futon and I had to put trash bags up to the apartment window because I had lost everything. You know, the first the very first time I remember getting evicted, I literally got evicted like all of my stuff was out on the curb and I came home and I knew that I had an eviction notice, but I didn't have a plan. So they literally when they say they do that, they do that. All of my stuff from the house was on the street corner. And I remember I was. I had a boyfriend at the time and we lived together. So he called his aunt and asked for some money for us to get storage for our things and to get a hotel room. And we were homeless for a very long time after that. Um, we lived in a hotel for a long time, but that to me was homeless. You One room in a hotel, I mean, a roach infested motel uh, wasn't living. I had a job that I had to maintain and it was a really hard process. And then after that, it was literally, I had to let the storage unit go because I couldn't afford it anymore. 
Um, yes, I worked, but I also at the time was dating a um, cocaine addicted boyfriend who kind of always stole money or lost money and, you know, did whatever shenanigans with the money. And so things would always disappear. And um, Rob from from my experience podcast was just just asked recently, well, you know, have you on a question on his website, have you ever had to escape a relationship? And of course I said, yeah, of course. And that was one of the relationships I had to escape from because it was definitely draining me. But uh, anyway, I would lose that storage space, lose all of my things and, and continue to have to start over. So I have grit. I have plenty of grit and I have the power to be able to go on, to be able to pick myself up and put all the pieces back together. And I consider that a strength. I consider that a superpower. I consider a lot of things that, but it doesn't mean that you don't get wear and tear, you know, you buy a new tire, but it don't stay new. It's going to have some wear and you got to replace it. And I know that everything is not going to be great in my life and I'm not going to have and I know that I'm not going to have these wonderful days every single day but when you've worked on something for months and years and then those things just kind of get pulled from under you it's a hard one it's a hard one to to pick up and so I'll have to update you guys on what happens with that I don't know I hope that um my dispute works and I didn't dispute it with all three bureaus because I wanted to see with Equifax first whether or not the dispute is even going to be acknowledged and because it was a long process there's a lot of separate loans that you have to do it individually um and so if if it gets even consider it for one or two of them, then I'll go on to the other um, bureaus sites and dispute those because ultimately I'm going to still stay the course. Um, and I hope what you take away from this is that, you know what, Yolanda had a bad day. You know, she cried about it. But by the end of the episode, you know, I could sense a smile in her face, which means that she picked herself up and she's going to be OK because you will, too. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you're going through, I hope that you have someone, whether that's a therapist, whether that's your best friend, your mom, uh your husband, your kids, whoever that you can vent to who will allow you that and offer support and solutions so that you can deal with it and you're not left to to feel minimal, minimalized, you know, like uh, or what you are worrying about is something minimal. Um, and it probably meant marginalized. I don't know, guys, you know, when you're crying, your head get heavy and hot and you be stressed and who knows what I'm saying, but y'all know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> um and and I'm not saying that I don't have those people in my life, of course, but that's my you need them is what I'm saying. You need those people in your life that is go, that are going to support you, that are going to be there for you. Um, and even if they think that, OK, you're stressing yourself out, it's not that serious. Uh, Pete, if you're one of those people, don't say that to anyone. OK, that's not helping the situation. You're either going to be supportive or you're not. And offering support isn't you be all right. You know, that's that's just that's not enough. I don't know about you all. It's not enough for me. Um, and I would hope that it's not enough for you either. And offer solutions. That is definitely a plus, you know, give suggestions, solutions, let them know that, you know, not you will be all right, but that I'm there for you. And if you need anything, please let me know uh, what I can do. If you know of someone who has like in my case, for example, okay, well, I know a, a lady who's like the credit guru, call her, she'll be able to tell you what you need to do. You know, those are solutions. Um, do your own research and be like, hey, if, if you really want to help your friend, like, hey, I looked these things up, I saw this, you know, this might help you, blah, 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 blah. 
Y'all get my point. What I'm trying to say is don't be passive with your people. Don't think that because what they're dealing with is not something that you deem um, an issue. Because I'm pretty sure if I had this conversation with some people who like um, if I had like a 20 something year old uh, cousin or something, of course, they're going to be like, girl, are you stressed out about your credit? Who cares? Because that's not something that either of us were probably concerned about when we were in our 20s either. But I'm not anymore. And so, yeah, you work so hard to get it where you needed to be. I don't have time for the shenanigans. OK, at all. So I I would expect that from somebody 20 something, you know, to say, like, it's not a big deal. So it's going to always not be a big deal, depending on what you're dealing with to some people. But we all got to practice empathy. And I said this before. On one of the shows because and it's not my original saying, but I saw a a meme or reel or something that just said, don't treat me how you want to be treated. Treat me how I want to be treated. So I say all that to say to you guys out there in the world, treat people how they want to be treated. If they want to be supported, if they don't want to hear, you know, it'll be all right. All this stuff. Treat people how they want to be treated, because ultimately, if you do love them and care for them, then you want them to feel better about the situation and you owe it to them to be there. And, And that's my advice to myself. And uh, to the people to treat people how they want to be treated, um, not how you would be treated because we different people. And so maybe you want to hear like snap out of it. Wake the fuck up. Maybe that works for you, but that doesn't always work for other people. So it's not about what you would want somebody to say to you. It's I know this person well enough to know what I need to do in this moment to be there for them. And if you don't know that, then maybe you're not as close as a person you think you are. You don't know them as much as you think you do. So um Give them what it is that they need, not what you think they should have or what you would want, but what they need. So that's my time, guys. I am not, um, you know, in the mood for the 30 minutes today, but I think you guys understand. So and to my people that are worried, I trust me, I'm going to be fine. I will be. Um, However, uh, yeah, today was not a good day for me. So until next week, guys, I will holla. Bye. (laughs) 